The Nation Network presents Coming In Hot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coming In Hot. I'm Brent Wallace alongside special co-host Jason York. Yorkie, great to see you as always. Um, uh, this show is always brought to you by Renfrew Pro Hockey Tape. Uh, go to RenfrewPro.com. Uh, also get them at the local retailers of like Pro Hockey Life, Canadian Tire, uh, Sport Check, and all that stuff as this show is held together, literally, uh, by Renfrew Pro Tape. Yorkie, um, this is the last time I let you book guests. It is Alfie week. You have done a phenomenal mm -hmm. job, but you went out and booked defensemen. I think it was just a ploy to get to be able to talk D <laughs> for the entire show. Well, not only that, yesterday we had Arvey on, Magnus Arvidsson, who was a, actually a forward that you can trust as a defenseman, Selkie runner-up. How good was Arv yesterday, by the way, Wally? Like, he came on so nervous about his English, but I, I thought he was uh, I thought he was great, especially that story of, of, of how he became the machine. But Reds, when Reds and Philly <laughs> come was... on, they'll tell you the same thing. Defensemen stick together. There was a rule of thumb. Any good defense will tell you this. You never, ever trust a forward. Make an exception, though, for the machine, Magnus Arvidsson. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to then to what they may have to say as Alfie Week continues here on Coming In Hot. Uh, let's just, you know, get right to it because we've got Chris Phillips and Wade Redden standing by. They played forever with Alfie, two of the longest-serving players. In fact, uh, Philly played 15 years, if I'm not mistaken, alongside Wade Redden. Now, I did look up, gentlemen, before we begin, the last time that three of you, uh, Alfie, Philly, and Reds, played together 14 and a half years ago. Jeez. I know, Wade. Wow. Look <laughs> that up. <laughs> it doesn't but, seem that uh, long ago, though, right? No, it doesn't. It sure doesn't. When I look at a picture of myself in that day, though, I it does uh, does look like 14 years actually. I'm getting, <laughs> we're all getting older. Listen, of all the people, you're the one that doesn't age at all. Oh no! Look, I I can see the details. <laughs> well, what are you saying, Wally? What are you saying about poor Philly over then? That's yeah, no kidding. Hey, Philly. <laughs> Listen, Philly's a, <laughs> Philly's a VP now, so he's got a lot of stress on, by the way. Congratulations on your new role uh, to both of you, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Chris Phillips, you. those of you who don't know, VP of Business Operations for the Ottawa Senators, which is a perfect lead-in, by the way, just to say there's a lot going on with the organization. If at any time during this show you would like to say anything about it, feel free, but I will not ask you any questions about what's going on. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. on to the next topic let's get yeah. <laughs> before let's we get, get going though i want before before we get going though i want all the all the viewers to look at the the skates behind yorkie and the, for them to know that that is not my skate with a four on it that was i thought those were yours of year one weren't they the fours on there uh, I, I do oh, recognize, right. yeah. That's that's from a good friend of ours, T Tony Harris. Uh, those are you both did, you, Tony Harris paintings. The ones I, obviously I, Bob Yor and and Wayne Gretzky with the old blue blades there. Ray Reds, remember those things? Those were legendary. Oh, I remember. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I recognize those. Was, I was just going to give um, them uh, the same shout out. I have the uh, the number four skate at the cottage hanging up. Yeah, it's a it's a great pick there in Philly. I see that's a Tony piece behind you. Uh, we all know that one. That's uh, that was given to you. Was that for your thousands game, Philly? That pick. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't and like that's... to zoom in, but that's the one. <laughs> hey Reds, tell us what. Okay, I know you've always been a music guy. You were involved with a. Um, a, a a surf company as well. What's with the guitars? Is is there any kind of uh, thing going on? Like, what, what's with? Explain the guitars behind you. Well, actually, the one on the this one here that was a gift from Danica, a Christmas present. It's a nice guitar I've had for quite a while. The ukulele in the middle, and actually, this one I bought from John Gervais. Remember Woody? Obviously, our athletic or. Uh, equipment manager back in the day. His dad was a guitar player and I think had met it, whatever reason couldn't play anymore. And I bought that off a, of, off of Woody's dad. 
so I've had that. I haven't really used it too much, but it's a nice, really beautiful guitar. And uh, yeah, well, I, I've been playing a little over the years. I guess Andre Waugh was one of my, well, Philly and I, to be honest, took a few lessons yeah, young guys did. back in the day. And uh, so got yeah. started then and then had a lot of fun with it over the years. I haven't really, I've plateaued probably after that first few lessons with Philly, but improved a bit so it can carry a few tunes. But looking back, Andre Waugh, we had lots of good laughs. He'd always make up songs when we had team parties and stuff. And uh, but yeah, a little bit of music. Oh, I, I can remember uh, uh, Andre Waugh. Every single song would come from a Guns N' Roses patience and he, he, would, he, would he would change the words to the song and all of a sudden he'd bring in the 10 guys from the team and put it in the song remember i think we were staying at the the holiday inn for the playoffs yeah. and andre put well, the right. guitar out and just went to town kind of reminds me of you philly i can remember a particular halloween party you grabbed the guitar in the basement i think it might have been sean mckechran's basement and uh, it was right when you started taking lessons, man. And uh, ooh, the years will never be the same after that. But uh, no, you still playing? But you know what? That was uh, a little bit. But uh, I don't think I've improved any over the last, uh, whatever that was, 25 years ago. But that was, uh, that was our, our New Year's Y2K party. We thought the world was going to end the next day. And That's the old right. McEachern, we, didn't, we didn't die, and McEachern's kicked us out at 12.01. <laughs> That's right. The vacuum. Everyone had to. Everyone had to lift their feet. The vacuum was running by twelve, twelve oh one, and everyone's lifting their feet at the couch and getting oh, yeah. out. <laughs> I remember old old McCartan, We used to give it to him because we'd say he never he never left Canada. When when we'd go out after a game, Mac would he'd be in his bed tucked in by midnight. And, just like the party, everyone out by yeah, midnight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, listen, thank we, I appreciate you guys coming on today. I'm uh, I'm just filling in here for a month with Wally, but I thought with this week in particular, with with Alf with Alfie going to the Hall of Fame, I know you two guys are going to be there next week in Toronto. Um, so I can ask you the obvious question, uh, uh, something on the ice. But do you guys have like? You guys played with them pretty well the longest. Philly, I, I know you did. Red's quite a long time as well. Um, a funny story you could maybe share about Alfie, whether it's in the dressing room, during a game, off the ice. I'll start with you, Reds. Maybe something that, that, that some people might not know about Alfie. Oh, God. I mean, it, it, I should have been prepared. You actually prepared me for this, but I... I sent you the There's notes. so many I good ones. <laughs> No, there's so many good ones. I mean, Alfie and I, like you said, it was my first year coming in. It was his second year, and I just always had a tight bond with him, just as obviously on the ice and playing with him was such a pleasure just because he made everyone around him better, and I benefited for certainly in those regards. Um, but even I remember uh, we roomed together for a bit too, and he's obviously well-known for being competitive and everything he does, but we had a few chess games and stuff like that, but I think he, he duped me one time. We were playing chess on the road and he always had the, the snooze going up. Like he had that Swedish chewy. Oh, the, chew. the chew. Yeah. But he gave me one of those before a chess match. And before you know it, I couldn't even, my head was spinning and he just took advantage of me on the chess board. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, no, he was, uh, he was great. I mean, obviously, uh, I was so excited for him to be in the being inducted and, and well deservedly so. But he was he was a lot of fun to be around. Even the style where there's lots of talk in the room about style and RV bring him up again. He is always claiming that Swedish was five years ahead of the style in North America and stuff. But I remember Alfie showing <laughs> up to a year end golf tournament one time and he had this bright like lime green and forest green, every piece of green you can think of, but he uh just like he was on the ice, he he wore it with confidence, and uh, probably the only guy in that team that could have worn it. But he had they had some <laughs> different outfits. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I remember Arvidsson saying that. Where he'd say it in that language, and I we joked about this. The Swedish guys couldn't understand him, and the English guys couldn't stand. It. Like I think, what do we name that language? We called it like Marv that he spoke, 
And he's like, ah, we're, we're five years ahead of you. And But the, the difference was Arv, Arv couldn't wear the, the clothes like Alfie could because he couldn't pull it off, didn't have the swagger. Yeah. Um, what about you, Billy? Like, you, you've known Alfie probably the longest out of all the guys that played for the Senators. Um, anything that kind of sticks out for you? Well, you know, it's funny that you went there, but uh, I was I was trying to think of, uh, you know, some stories that uh, we would be allowed to share uh, to the public. <laughs> and uh, and one of the, the first memories I have, uh, my my first season, uh, he was holding out. Uh, so we get to uh, California and uh, where, where he signs, joins the team and and he just showed up with these bright white dress shoes and uh you know i'm kind of fresh out of western canada and uh polar extreme from these uh these fancy shoes i couldn't believe anyone would even wear them and uh <laughs> let let alone i think he probably paid two thousand dollars or something like that at the time for them anyways i i had a good laugh about that and uh certainly he was a, a cutting edge uh, fashion guy, obviously, it, you know, every, every time you bring up a picture of him, he had a different haircut, he'd show up for training camp, you know, you didn't know what was, uh, you know, going to be the style of the, of the new do for that season. He was, uh, he was like Jennifer Aniston, the two of them, they just, uh, had diff different haircuts every season, but, uh, yeah, he was, uh, as Brent said, he wore it with confidence. You know, well, he would even, I don't know, there's a couple Go ahead, Reds. No, I was, no, I don't know if it was just uh, even a. He just didn't care. I even went to his wedding, and he got this new. If you ever see his wedding pictures, he's got the worst haircut for his wedding. But he was like, ah, whatever. Doesn't matter. He's just got like the long hair, and then it's just like a total undercut. I don't know what he was thinking, and but he didn't care. Like that was part of the. I guess that's part of being able to wear or rock different clothing or whatever to to pull it off. I remember even one time at the end of the year, I don't know, we were shaving our beards or something off like from playoffs and he just took like a bunch off the side of this and he didn't care. Like he was like, whatever, no big deal. It'll go back. <laughs> I, you know, one, a couple of things that stick out for me guys and I, I told this story the other day, I'd always, I don't know if you remember that cartoon where the, it's the dog and the uh, sheep dog. They meet up and they go, morning, Ralph. Good morning, Sam. And uh, that cartoon there. <laughs> I would be, I'd always meet up with Alfie in the stick room. And uh, I remember he was just a notorious guy for working on his stick back when guys used to work on their sticks. And I'd meet him there and we did in there for 20 minutes talking about curves. The only difference was his, his stick actually put up points. And my, I think it didn't matter. I was, I was, I think I was just in there because I wanted to chat with Alfie and talk about things. And and the other thing is, do you remember when Alfie used to squat? How deep he would go when he was doing him and Andreas Dackel. I used to call them the squatting Swedes. I'd say they'd come in with the full muscle outfits with the wrestling tights on. Obviously, they didn't, but I, I made that up in my head. And those two used to put about four four fifty on the bar and their asses which touched the ground when they squatted. You guys remember that? I was like watching, I'm like, this looks painful. And and that's the one thing, just to be a little serious, Alfie trained really, really hard. And for guys that you classify as as as, as a star player, Philly, I don't know if there's many guys in the game that trained as, as hard as Alfie did. He was, uh, I mean, that's what made him such a great captain was, you know, he led by example and, and he worked hard. He, he showed up to camp, uh, you know, in great shape, uh, you know, throughout the season, he was, uh, you know, he was always in the gym when we had to be there and, and doing it, you know, in there on his own time, uh, you know, on the ice, he was, you know, the first guy out there. Um, definitely the last guy out there, just, you know, even if it was just playing keep away, he just wanted to be out there. Uh, working on his skills, but, uh, you know, to go along with how he was just uh, dedicated to his craft, um, you know, I, I think it was right around when the one pieces were coming out and, you know, one company would, you know, have the sticks. I think there was like 110 grams, 105 grams, something like that. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, so if, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but if his stick was 110 grams, he'd pick it up and he'd be like, I don't, I don't believe it. It does. It feels too light. It's too heavy. Um, you know, to the point where they finally brought in a scale and they were weighing his stick to make <laughs> sure that it was 110 grams exactly. <laughs> and if it wasn't, he would get rid of it. You know, to your point, you know, I went in and, you know, if somebody taped my stick for me, I would be happy and I would take it off the shelf and, <laughs> and go and use it. And he was, that's how precise he was to the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Philly, and, I have a question and, for you. And Reds, Reds, maybe. Uh, Let me just on your part, hang on, well, Yorkie. I got one the, question. Uh, sorry, well, well, I, I just want to ask Philly this question. Philly, you're very even keeled, uh, a lot like Alfie is. So, in the room, is, did Alfie ever get upset? Did he ever like? Was he ever angry? I've never seen him really angry. So I'm just curious if there was ever a game that he got really vocal um yeah absolutely uh, and you know it, it wasn't very often um but there, there was one time I, I think it was down in Tampa Bay and uh Chris Neal uh, I believe has maybe already told the story uh and if not um I'll, I'll tell it anyways but I think he got in a, in a fight with someone um you know again the, the years they they all blend them together. I can't remember exactly what happened um, or, or who he fought, but I think Neeler just went out and, and fought someone. And I think Tampa Bay, or sorry, we made a, we may have scored and then Neeler went out and fought whoever, you know, wanted to try and get Tampa Bay going. And, um, and I, and I think Tampa might've scored right after that. Anyways, um, you know, we came in the first intermission and Alfie blasted Neeler you know, for it being a, a selfish fight and you can't do that. And, uh, you know, fast forward, I, I think the same thing happened. Um, might've been Chris Digman, uh, that, uh, you know, challenged Neeler again. And, uh, you know, I, I think he had Elfie in the back of his head, uh, you know, telling him what he, you know, when he can and when he can't and, and to pick his spots. And, uh, and I think, uh, I think Dinger ended up getting an extra penalty got on the power play and and won the game um i could be off on on some of those uh facts but vaguely that's that's how i remember it going and certainly the one time that that i definitely remember uh Alfie going off yeah because he's like he's very quiet and nobody really discusses perhaps the fiery competitor that he is and what he was like in the room and so that's what i was always curious about and like what was, I guess, the the cup final like? Was he pretty quiet during that time? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, he's you know ultra competitive, but uh, he like I said, he wasn't a yeller and screamer. Um, you know, you knew what he was thinking. Uh, you know, and you saw the you know the frustration I think in game game four, and you know the. Maybe came close to hitting Niedermeyer with a you know a shot after the whistle, and uh, you know it's well well talked about. Um, but he was, you know, uber uber competitive um, at, at everything. You know, we talk about you know ping pong, golf. You know, he he tried to mess up Red so he could beat him at chess. Uh, you know, it, it didn't matter. <laughs> he wanted to win everything. But uh, you know, like I said, he he picked his spots, but. Um, yeah, you know, he, he wasn't a yeller and screamer. It, Reds, I'll ask you this, just just to, to play on what Wally asked. And, and you played played in Boston, you played in St. Louis, played for the Rangers, played a lot of different guys. Do you think too much is put into that when people talk about what's said in the room? Like, for you, what like what makes a good leader? Is, is it what, talking or what you do on the ice? Well, more... Backing it up on the ice, obviously, you got to be able to bring that side of it to, to have some, you know, credibility and stuff like that. But Alfie did, and he, it wasn't like he was, he was not scared to say stuff. He, he spoke his mind, and um, but wasn't a guy. I mean, I think you're right. It is a lot made into it that maybe watching too many uh, Hollywood movies or something where there's big speeches going on and everyone's getting all inspired. But uh, that's certainly can happen and, and guys say things that have effect on people. And I, I remember one time 
it was actually Alfie stood up and it wasn't a negative. It was actually a positive, but we lost game one in Philadelphia. And this always stuck out to me that I forget it would have been the year we beat him in five, I guess. So we lost game one in overtime, one, nothing, but Alfie got up after and just spoke and we had such a great game. And I think him getting up and saying how great we played and basically we're going to win this series. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuck out to me. And well, sure enough, we came back. I think Patty Lillian had three straight shutouts after that. But um, we won the series. But even, you know, he was such a guy. Talk about working on the sticks and working on his body. Like, he was such a feel guy. Like, if he needed something and his, his stick wasn't quite feeling right, it could be the same stick that he had scored a hat trick with. But this day, it wasn't feeling right. So he was always tinkering, always always feeling what worked, what didn't with his legs. I remember sometimes after games, we'd have, you know, a day off or something. He'd be in the hallway jumping up and down the, I remember joining him a few times to do that. And your legs are sore for like three days after, but he's always, he's like, oh, my legs weren't, you know, whatever he'd say to himself, oh, my legs, I got to do something more. So he's, he's jumping or he's doing squats. Like those guys. Yeah. They're always feel just a feel for everything. And, whatever, if he needed to do something, he did it. And he was always kind of assessing where he was at and what he needed. And, and that's kind of what kept pushing him day after day. Philly, you've got the games played record for the Ottawa Senators. You, you've, you've made this your home. Um, you work for the team right now. Can you put your finger on this first modern day Ottawa Senator going into the Hall of Fame. Like, what do you think to you? Like, what does this mean? Yeah, that's uh, a great question and a, and a tough one, um, you know, to, to really sum that up. But <laughs> you look at the, the Senators franchise and compare it to, you know, everyone else in, in the league, in the game, you know, you're still relatively young. You know, you, you go to other ranks and, you know, you see 15, seems like jerseys hanging in the rafters and, and just a you know, historic past and, you know, someone Stanley Cups and, and the history that they all have. And, you know, I think, you know, we're still kind of a baby uh, when it when it comes to, uh, you know, those discussions, still relatively new, um, you know, and, and, you know, to to see, you know, what, uh, you know, you, you have to do, the type of player you have to be to go into the Hall of Fame, you know, for, for him to really, you know, really take off from, kind of year one when, you know, you listen to, to his stories of what the team was like, um, you know, the, the amount of losses that they had and what, what he went through and, you know, coming from Sweden, uh, you know, to Canada, uh, you know, on really a, a kind of a losing team that year and, and the, the stories on and off the ice, uh, it's actually very comical to, uh, to hear him talk about them, but, um, you know, how he had to really persevere through, you know, all of that. And, you know, obviously being a part of a huge part of the team as we, you know, had a, you know, a, a great run from the late 90s, you know, for, you know, better part of over 10 years, uh, being the catalyst of that, um, you know, really is remarkable, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, achieve that and have that longevity to, you know, be in a historic place like the Hall of Fame. Reds, I'll ask it's you the same interesting question. you bring that up. Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. Wally. Yeah, I yeah. want to get Reds' take on that. Well, yeah, no, I, I guess it's, yeah, Philly kind of obviously from a standpoint of the organization and what he's meant to that team, I mean, there's no, there's no bigger influence, no better face of the franchise than him. And just my one point on that is just the way he did it. I mean, and you look at all the guys that are in the Hall of Fame and deservedly so, but just their passion, their commitment, just, you know, what, they, what they've what they done to the game and how they did it day in, day out, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's so impressive, so deserving for them. And Philly, you talk about, uh, the, I guess, the babiness or the how young the Ottawa Senators is. 21 players have played 400 or more games for the Ottawa Senators. It's crazy. It's a small number of, of how many guys there have been that, to stick around. And I think of you two, and I think of Alfie and, and Neeler, of, and Mike Fisher's a few others, of guys who have ended up playing over 1,000 games through their career. But the fact that 
you know, Alfie and Philly and Neeler being able to do it uh, in Ottawa is phenomenal. Uh, did you guys appreciate how good uh, this group was in the early 2000s, late 90s? Yeah, I don't know if we appreciate it or not. Um, you know, in, in some ways, I think that's what helped us out was, you know, we were, we were too young to, to know. I don't want to use the term young and dumb, but, you know, we were just, uh, you know, a bunch of young guys really having a lot of success, uh, just enjoying it, you know, day by day, um, you know, coming to work, you know, doing the best we could. Um, you know, having fun both on and off the ice, uh, you know, just a, a great group of guys. We had a, a great core of guys together for a long time. Um, you know, and, and looking back, um, you know, it's, it's a bit of both. I'm, uh, uh, you know, extremely proud and, and honored to be a part of those years and, and how much success uh, we, we had when you look at winning versus losing. And, you know, at the same time, how disappointing it is almost that, you know, we're, you know, it's, it's funny to say, it's almost embarrassing to say that, you know, I think, we, you know, we could have had a dynasty. Um, but, you know, I think that's how we, how close we were, you know, for, you know, four or five years in a row that, you know, we're, you know, close to, you know, being able to win championships year after year, you know, and unfortunately have nothing to show for it, but that's, that's the, you know, the quality and, and uh, you know, of guys and, and teams that I thought we had. So true. Who's right? Like who's we were as well, media people and fans were jealous. Yeah. By the way, yeah, who's dog? Was, was that your dog, Reds? Reds, was that your dog? Yeah, by the way? I got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone come to the door. The multi poo. <laughs> <laughs> that was a high high pitch wasn't it sorry to interrupt archie's uh, gonna get a talking to after this oh. <laughs> but, uh, little bugger uh, no but it was uh yeah special days for sure listening to philly obviously uh being there there's there's lots of guys that that were a big piece of that and a big core of guys that just really relate to them i guess with with those teams and you know obviously Yorkie and Sean Van Allen coming in there was a whole kind of surge of guys coming in right when the Senate right when I got there um Sean McEachern another name we, we chatted about Arvidsson Philly came in the next year um but yeah there was a, a lot of talented guys and built kind of how they're building teams now right through the draft um all young guys kind of every year another guy coming in and, and contributing but coming into a team that kind of had something going and then they'd come and kind of join the join the you know the ride kind of thing and and fall in and everyone kind of had a similar mindset and unselfishness to them to to kind of help the team so um it was it was really special and yeah looking back at those days for sure we we got close and that kind of still, you know, something that you look back, there's, there's plays that happen in some of those games that you, you think back to still and still today. But, uh, at the end of the day, there's so many great memories of, of those years together. And, um, it, it was pretty special and yeah. And kind of to be with Alfie now and to see him go into the hall, it, it kind of, and even to be at his Jersey retirement, be at Philly's Jersey retirement, like those are, those are special things to remember. So it's, it's fun for old guys like us to, to kind of be there for it. <laughs> we, we are those guys now, aren't we? Exactly. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Reds, you, you're doing something there. Are you doing some uh, injections or something there? What's, what's going on? Look at that face. A lot of oh moisturizer or something, eh? <laughs> no, I was out shoveling snow. That's the key. There you go. Get out Good there shoveling. Out west. Rosy just cheeks. like Gord, just like Gord Tachi, eh? a solid day's work will keep you young. <laughs> yeah, Gord still uh, abiding by those be, same words. Oh boy! Hey, how about before that, we let way, both eh? of you Wally? go? What's that? Like how about Wally? No, I got one more. I just, I just brought up Reds' dad, and and how great was that over the years, eh, Philly? Gord would come to the rink, and it was like he just waltzed into that place and 
just a fixture in there for so many years, eh? I miss your dad, Reds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he misses it, too. And, wow, you speak of the team again, but who's everyone's dad was around there. Like, Garth was always around, and my dad and our parents, yep. and Hase Alfredson, and, you know, Fishers, Niels, all these guys, are, they were they were all right a part of it, so it was great. And why the hell weren't we doing father's trips? I was a, we should have been starting that whole trend with that. The boy, that would have been the best having all those guys together on a road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. That would have been something else. That's what we'd be yeah. talking about right now if we did that back then. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wally, you got anything else? Gordon would have been at the front. Uh, I do have oh, a question. Yeah. I got questions for both of you because. Uh, and I didn't mention this off the top. Uh, Reds is the uh, now the de uh, player development coach, um, and and both of you are back with the organization. I'm just curious of what your reaction is to now be back as part of this organization and, and to see Alfie now be back, sort of involved with the organization. It's good to see the guys who have been so good and, and Neeler as well, uh, so important to this organization, being part of it as we go forward here. Uh, it is. I think it's great. Um... And guys still care about it too. And I guess the thing that you want to see now is obviously there's a new group of young guys coming in and kind of establishing themselves and you want to kind of see them find their own path and get, get some success. And I really feel they're close to doing that. So, um, but to, to be around, yeah, I think it, uh, I think it's great for the community. I think it's great for the organization and, um, and guys got a lot to add, obviously, um, you know, we, we cared about our time there and we were a part of the community and wanted to, to do, you know, all those things off the ice as well. So it was, uh, it was a special time. Like I said, it was kind of all encompassing. It was, you know, I remember Roy Malacher having a meeting with all of us. And in those days, there wasn't a lot of fans coming to the rink. So, you know, we took an initiative. Everyone kind of did community events and, and got a part of, you know, got involved in different things on, on top of the stuff they're doing already. So um, even handing out tickets back in the day, like there was empty seats. So they'd give us tickets to give out, you know, just at the Canada Centrum or whatever. So, um, you know, it's, there's lots of kind of funny stories about that too, but uh, um, yeah, everyone cared about being, being there and wanted to be there. And that's, that's, you know, attributed to our success. Yeah. Absolutely. What's it like I mean, to have a corner office? <laughs> it's good to have an office it's good to be it's good to be back and uh, you know couldn't, couldn't agree with the reds more and uh you know for for myself never leaving um you know came in here in 1997 and you know everything that i have is you know i i owe to this team um you know to this community for you know uh, you know how I, how i feel about it um and uh you know fortunate uh, you know, and been able to, to be involved with it and, and give back. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's a part of a, a responsibility uh, being a, a pro hockey player, especially in a hockey community like Ottawa. And, and as Red said, just to have the guys back to, you know, to, to share the stories, um, both good and bad of, of uh, you know, what, we, what we've gone through and, and what it means to be an Ottawa Senator and, uh, you know, to have, you know, the, the list of guys that, that you rattled off along with, you know, like, you know, Yorkie and, and Dono and Jesse Winchester, Todd White, uh, you know, uh, Sean Van Allen, uh, there, you know, all these guys that are, you know, are around now that, uh, you know, is starting to, to really have a strong, you know, alumni presence back with the team. And, uh, you know, like you said, able to share that you know, what, what this team means to us and, and, uh, you know, vice versa for, you know, the, the young guys with the community and, um, you know, uh, very, very happy to be a, a part of it again. Uh, and last question I have Philly, uh, is there any truth to the rumor, uh, that Deadpool has been playing on the video board all day long at the rink? <laughs> uh, I haven't, I haven't got out of my, uh, my little hole here in, in the back in the dungeon. So I'm, I'm not sure I can't talk to that. <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> i appreciate you guys stopping by as always uh it's always a treat to talk to you guys i hope to do it again soon yeah. awesome pleasure's mine thanks, thanks guys thanks for having us great to see you guys
Thanks, boys. Uh, good luck or have fun, I should say, on Monday at the Hockey Hall of Fame with Alfie's induction. Uh, as always, thank you to Chris Phillips and Wade Redden for stopping by. Yorkie. Yeah, I cut out. <laughs> oh, worried about you. Um, yeah. It, it, it must be fun when you're a, like when you're a player that you've played together for so long uh, to just to sit and chat and talk about some old stuff all the time. Well, I, I spent a lot of time with, with both Reds and Philly. Uh, as, uh, when they came in the league, they were young guys. Uh, personally for me, uh, Ottawa was a, like, it was a coming home party for me. I was with Detroit and Anaheim and I really found a home here in Ottawa. And then that those teams and, and Philly kind of hit on those teams in the nineties I like to call those the builder years when you put down the, the foundation and, and both Philly and Reds kind of hit on that of what it was to be an Ottawa Senator, the work you put in and just having good people around. And, and uh, Reds talked about the stuff we used to do off the ice. Um, everybody was involved in the community. We had, like, it was just, it was a really cool time to, for me, being from Ottawa, playing for Ottawa, my parents coming to every game, and then just making friends. And uh, I still keep in contact with Reds. We have ever since we played together. Uh, Philly, I see all the time around town, but uh, Philly's right too. The, the alumni presence in this town with, and it takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. Yep. Uh, guys play, they retire. A lot of guys decided to make Ottawa their home, like Philly, for example. Um, and it's been great. Like I, I know, with the way the team, the excitement that was in the summer and the buzz, it, it was really good to see that buzz back again because this town used to be buzzing. I, I know when 2007, you had those good teams, but it was also buzzing when the team was young. And it, it's a big reason because it was new and the rink was just here, but um, it was just, uh, people were talking about it and it was positive. And uh, this summer was the first time in a long time those positive vibes were, were back. And I yep. think now with all the excitement of talking about who the potential new owner is going to be and, and Ryan Reynolds and all this stuff. By the way, uh, I know Ryan Reynolds was on last night on the Tonight Show and that's where it all came from. This is legit. Like People I've talked to, um, this Ryan Reynolds is 100%. And he's not just saying this to promote. He's got a movie coming up and he wants to get his name out there trending. He is legitimately interested in being part of the Ottawa Center. This is 100% accurate. I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, well, two things. One, I do, I do know he will be at the game tonight, which is interesting. Um, I just find that, like, he was in L.A. last night, and now he's here in uh, Ottawa. I understand he's legit. I, I get that part. But could there also be a PR play here? Um, and when I say that, could he just, like, there's no, he doesn't lose in any of this. If it no. comes out that he doesn't get to be part owner, then everybody's like, oh, he tried. We were really hoping to have him. He's been great. So even if he doesn't become owner, he's got all this goodwill built up. I, he's done a lot of good things for this city. Don't like donate to the food bank and all kinds of stuff. And he keeps in touch. I get that. I'm just saying he doesn't, there's, there's no bad thing for him here in this entire part. No, but there isn't. But last night on the spot, when he was asked, he legitimately said he wanted to be part of it, but, but also too, uh, I know for a fact that, that there has been conversations and there is legitimate interest and um, it's good for his brand too. Like when you're involved yeah. in, in professional sports, uh, it, it, there's all kinds of social media opportunities uh, of, of keeping yourself relevant. And I'm not saying that's the number one reason a guy like Ryan Reynolds would want to be involved with the Ottawa Senators, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And, and for him, he's obviously a sports guy. He's he's got um, the soccer as well. Um, so it's I think this is awesome. Like just the amount of attention the Ottawa Senators are getting just from this little snippet that all started yes. with a fan sending a, a tweet and then he uh, responding with a little emoji of the thinking about it. And now it's um, no, this is great. Like Wally, who would have thought the Ottawa Senators would have been mentioned? on the tonight show like that's that's some pretty cool stuff going on yeah it, it is i mean the ottawa senators marketing team could not have asked for anything oh, this is phenomenal it's a right and yeah it's i mean and it's free so good for them uh th yeah. this is very good like in fact i haven't stopped drinking aviation gin for a week now um <laughs> just in fact just because i'm fully on board 
with Ryan Reynolds being part owner. <laughs> no, for sure. It's, it's, uh, it's good. Like, it's, it's, you know what they say? Any, any time, any, how do you think it works with celebrities? Any time they're talking about you and your name, your brand is yes. out there, it is good for business. Well, maybe not so much for the Boston Bruins right now, but generally when they're talking about you, yeah. it's a good thing, right? Yeah. And whatever happens uh, you've, you, with this sale, you just feel like it is a, a very, very positive move forward for this organization. What, who, I, I think whoever comes in to be whatever group it is, consortium, single owner, I don't know. But whatever it is, you just feel like it's such a big positive move forward. Uh, for this group and for obviously downtown and for the future of this organization. hundred percent, Wally, hundred percent. It's, um, it's, it's positive. It's good. And also too, if, if, um, if, if you're the, the Melnick daughters right now and, and uh, the buzz going on, you got to be pretty excited as well because it's, 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 it's helping yeah. their brand right now as they own the team. And, and so in Yorkie, I'll throw this out here and it's not fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. That is one thing that Gary Bettman doesn't like a lot of is people talking that they want to buy in. For and sure. I know your brother has been mentioned it, and I'm not asking you to tell me that Jeff York is trying to buy the Ottawa Senators, but I just want to point out there that do you think Ryan Reynolds being uh, actively campaigning is a, is a good thing as in it's not going to be a deterrent where we, if you can go all the way back to Jim Balsillie when he owned Blackberry or Rim uh, and he wanted a team in Hamilton and he wouldn't stop talking about it, Gary Bettman shut him down really quickly. And that's always been the case ever since of if you want to be part, you don't say anything. Well, yeah, but don't forget, Jim Basile was trying to sell tickets before that. The, I, I think that's what happened. He was trying yeah. to sell tickets before they even he had a team. To, that's a he was trying to move different. a team that wasn't moving, yeah. Yes. yes, it's a little different between one of the most likable celebrities in the world going on The Tonight Show, talking about a sport that you're trying to get international coverage for. I think Gary Bettman is ecstatic right now that Ryan Reynolds is talking about the NHL. Yeah. And, you know, to answer the question about my brother, I know his name's been out there. And for a guy like my brother, it's, it's exactly right. If you're trying to get involved in something like this, it's better to be in the background. Um, little different with a guy like Ryan Reynolds, who's out there and uh, doing what he's doing right now. He's just answering questions because he's in the public eye right now. And what he's doing right now, just by being Ryan Reynolds, is great for all parties involved. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And then he has Ottawa Roots as well. A little shout out to Vanier uh, last night on The Tonight Show. Vanier and The Tonight Show. Who would have thought those two entities would have come together on the Tonight Show? Just goes to show you, Wally, anything is uh, anything is possible in life. Yeah, no question. It's exciting. I, I'm legitimately legitimately excited to see how this all plays out, and and to have someone that can, I guess, sell your product internationally is a bonus. There's no question. For sure. He brings in if he owns the team. He brings in fans from all over walks of life because they want to see or be part of whatever Ryan Reynolds likes to do. Um, but we'll see how this all plays out. I, I would just like you to talk to your brother about sponsoring our show. That's all I care about at the moment. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. I'll make some calls. <laughs> all right. We're, let's move on to some uh, news from, uh, I guess, from the Ottawa Centers for today and uh, brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating, Inc., they are uh, the Valley's leading construction company. Uh, you can get a hold of them at bonisherexcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. They are phenomenal people and always helping to take care of us. Remember to slow down in construction zones. Um, should we start with, let's start with Pierre Dorian uh, commenting yesterday. There's been a lot of talk about DJ Smith. Now keep in mind, we're 11 games into this season before we get all wound up that there should be all kinds of coaching moves and all kinds of, decisions on personnel but yesterday uh pierre said uh quote pierre dorian is very loyal i think dj has done a good job he's shown that he can win dj is our coach he's going to be our coach so a vote of confidence at the mm -hmm. same time pierre dorian is talking in the third person which i, find I love it very awkward yeah he's 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 jimmy he's jimmy from seinfeld remember jimmy when he was working out in the gym for all you yep. seinfeld buffs out there 
Jimmy likes the lane. Jimmy's really interested in the lane. I, I was watching this morning. I'm watching the highlights. I'm like, when did Pierre Dorian become Jimmy from Seinfeld? <laughs> I was like, can't believe nobody tweeted out. It was a layup for somebody on Twitter. Um, well, is that the kiss of death right now for, for, for DJ? Uh, no. Um, no. Something we were talking about the other day, Wally, with the, with the franchise being for sale right now, and that's no secret, I don't think it's a good thing to have instability. If, if, if you're trying to sell something, you would, because the board would have to okay if they wanted to fire yep. DJ or not. Uh, it's it's not just Pierre Dorian's decision. You gotta go through the board. So if you're trying to sell something, you're gonna wanna pay two coaches. And I'm, and, and I'm just saying this purely, purely based on economics. I'm not saying DJ should be fired right now, because for the record yesterday, I don't think he should be. I think it's still too early in the season. Uh, I think they've only two games, the Florida and the Tampa game, where I thought they really got outplayed. But in saying that, I want to see what this team can do by the 20-game mark. I, I know I'm repeating myself. I said that when we talked yesterday, but it really is true. You've seen some good. You saw the four-game winning streak. Uh, you have yes. some injury right? You have some injury issues right now, but at the same time, tonight's game is really important. It is really important. If they lose that, is DJ going to be fired? I don't think so. I don't think so for two reasons. Number one, it's too early. And number two, it doesn't make financial sense to, to let a coach go and pay two coaches when you're trying to sell a hockey team. It doesn't make any sense. I, I just I don't see that I happening. Agree. And I don't I don't think I don't think he deserves to be fired yet. I really don't. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there, and this is the only way I can see this happening, is if the leadership group of the Ottawa Senator players go to the GM and say, we need to make a move. But I don't yeah. see that happening. But is, is that a possibility? Brady Kachuk's off to one of his best starts statistically, I believe, this year. I think Brady Kachuk's playing some great hockey right now. He's the captain of this hockey club. He's the voice. From what I know, and I'm not inside the room, but I, I would I would say fairly certain that that Brady Kachuk is a fan of DJ Smith um, and, and DJ if DJ could get a mold of a player and say give me give me 10 of those guys it would be Brady Kachuk's and and that's the one thing about this team Wally the way DJ coaches you listen to him how he talks he loves guys to play hard play physical uh be disruptive on the ice and when you look at the top players on the Ottawa Senators at least last year Timmy Stutzla plays with some edge uh Brady Kachuk obviously plays with some edge I think Josh Norris plays a little bit of edge in his game as well same with Batherson and I look at the Debrinket trade again and I think Debrinket is an excellent hockey player he's got tons of skill he's a 40 goal scorer I'm not the way he fits into the schematics of the Ottawa Senators right now, I just didn't see it in the summer. Like, I know it looked good because he was a 40-goal scorer, but I just he, – he, listen, I'm not – he's not the reason this team is losing, but you look at the way this team's built, and I think they got a little bit, a little bit away from their identity on what they were building on last year of being a really hard team to play against. And listen, injuries, Zub, Norris – I get it. But the way DJ coaches, he wants a hard team to play against. And that type of team is really tough to beat in the playoffs. The problem is you got to get to the playoffs. And to get to the playoffs, you, you got to win hockey games. And right now they aren't. So I just think I don't love that move that was made in the summer. I, I just don't. They should have got a defenseman. They didn't. They spent the money elsewhere. I know it's out there that that defenseman wasn't there to, to be got. But Man, Nick Paul would look really good on this team right now after what I saw in the playoffs. And it wasn't a lot of money to yep. sign like Nick Paul. It was He would have signed for $3 bucks a year. And then you use that $6 million to get a defenseman as well. Different. I know the team was, was, was managing their finances differently last year, and the move was made. But I'm just saying, to me, Nick Paul is a DJ Smith type of player. And... The way this team's built right now, who knows? Maybe they'll prove me wrong and they'll go win 10 games in a row <laughs> and I'll look like an idiot. But I just, the players well, in no. place right now, Wally, I just, I just, I don't think they're the right mix 
right now for for uh, and injuries, blah blah blah, all that stuff. I just I just don't think they're the the, the right mix. Part of the, I, and I don't know this to be fact, but I'm, it now makes more and more sense as we move forward here is they brought in Giroux and they brought in Debrinkat and, and they've tried to fill out the roster to bolster it for the sale and to sign some of the players to bigger contracts, yeah, not to sure. devalue it, but to pump it up and to, sh to put together a competitive lineup. So I think that played a part in it as well, because there's not much different between last year and this year, but they did open up the the pocketbooks and now the team is for sale. If you draw the comparison, I'll, I'll tell you what the difference is last year. This team was a harder team to play against physically. Like when, when, when you got to go against guys that, that, that play the right way and, and, and just play a little bit of a simpler game, you're really tough to play against. Like I loved where this team was going last year. I, I thought they had enough skill up front. I, I really did. And this is no slam on Debrinket. He's a really good player. He's, he's a, He's an excellent player, but when you have a guy like that, and everyone's going to get start getting on to break it, they're going to say, "Why isn't he scoring? Why isn't he scoring?" Because you have a lot of this, you have a lot of guys up front that are supposed to score, and when you spread it out, and you have to split your power play in two, nobody's going to get forty goals. It 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 can't work that way because no team starts a year that doesn't know who their first power play is, um, and and you'll say, "Well, yeah, maybe." Maybe Colorado and St. Louis do. No, they don't. Kale McCarr starts every power play. Nathan McKinnon starts every power play. And then you get rolling, you get your touches, you get confidence. And I just think when you, I just, I was, when they made that move and they had to start the year with 10 guys that are power play guys, to me, that's, you're just a little bit of an easier team to play against five on five. And then you, then your coach is like, has to figure out which guys start the power play all the time. It's, it's, it's a lot tougher than people think on the coach. Fair enough. I, I still think the move, I quite like it only because if you can find a way to acquire a 40 goal score, I think you do it is, is that you can fit it into your roster. I, yeah. I just think you, that you, it's so hard to find one that you go out and you, if you can, you get them. So uh, let me play. So what happens to your 30 or what, what did uh, Norris get last year? 35. 30. 35 goals, 35 goals. And then you have Batherson as your bumper on your power play, who does a great job. Kachuk's your net front. And then who's going to be the franchise player here for the Ottawa Senators? Timmy Stutzla. When Timmy Stutzla has the puck on his stick, magic is created. So who are you taking off that power play to put Alex Dabrinkit on? Because he should be a first power play guy, right? He has to be a first power sure. play guy. Who are you taking off? Like, well, I don't know. Even the dogs are upset about this. I know. My dog's going nuts. Reds' dog was upset earlier. My dog's <laughs> upset. But as, like, I've, well, yeah, I've, I've, albeit I didn't coach at the NA, I coach at the junior level. And a lot of times as a coach, you're wondering, who am I going to put on the power play? What's going to go on? And, okay, I'll just, I'll just play the best, I'll just play the best players on the power play. Yeah. Sometimes your, your top unit's not going to score in the first minute. And then all of a sudden they stay on for that extra 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and they put on the back of the net. Um, it's just, and I haven't talked about Claude Giroux, like Claude is dynamite on the power play. He's a first unit guy. He's a guy that's made a living on a power play. Mm -hmm. I just, I just think it's really tough now with Norris out of the lineup, it's a little easier to manage, but Hey, this isn't the number one reason they're losing. Like, let's not forget they're, they're making mistakes. They're making key mistakes. There's defensive breakdowns, um, a little bit of nitpicking here with the power play and all that, but I just. I didn't sure. like the move in the summer. I, 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 I think the opposite because I'm a defenseman and I, and I value players that are really hard to play against. And, and I just thought when they let Nick Paul go, and I, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know the inner workings. I know it was a different mindset, but I'm like, guys playing second line center for Tampa Bay in, in meaningful playoff games. He's six foot five. And more importantly, he wanted to be in Ottawa. He wanted to be here for not a lot of money. I just, for the life of me, I, I don't know how you let a guy like that go. I really don't. And and uh, all of a sudden, um, you're, you're having you're having issues right now at the center ice position, right? Yep, yep. And I and I, I'll bring up. I'm sure Alex Formanton was another guy that plays with an edge. He's nasty to play against. 
I know why he's not in the lineup, and I know he's unsigned. All yeah. that stuff aside, he's obviously that type of player that's missing in that lineup as well. There's there's a little bit of bite that comes with him, and it was certainly uh, a welcome part of his game that really got yeah. under the skin of. He a, came a long players. way last so, year. Yeah, he came a long yeah, way last year. Yeah. I thought he was he was so the I, guy that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. So we'll see how that all plays out, and as we wait for this Hockey Canada investigation to unfold yeah. here. Um, and finally, and we'll make this quickly, I guess, is JBD is going to play tonight. Um, goes from, I'll call it a healthy scratch, to playing alongside Thomas Shabbat, apparently, on the top <laughs> pairing, as Nikita Zaitsev <laughs> is out. Like, what do you see from JBD, or what do you expect to see from a guy that's played 13 NHL games here? Keep it simple. Take your first look on every breakout uh, and, and be be solid for Thomas Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat's, it's no secret, he's been he's been struggling a little bit with this game. It looks like his, I'm not going to say his confidence are down, but he's doing un-Thomas Shabbat-like plays out there. So Docker's just got to be solid. I've heard he's played well in doubles. So just do what you did in the minors. Don't complicate things. Play simple. And I think he'll be effective. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I, I don't know. I don't I don't believe him to be kind of nervous, if you will. I know he's played up here before and he's played a lot of big games. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Now, it's tough, though, um, if things if there ends up being a lot of special teams play or I'm going to say if the Sens get down or get behind, you may not see him as much. And that would be, I, I guess, the deterrent. But I would like to see him play as much as possible to get a kind of a gauge on where he's at. I think I think I think Jack Capuano and DJ they'll watch him early and if if he's you can tell early if a, if a player is 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 comfortable and he's got some confidence. Docker to me appears to be a confident kid though. He's got a little swagger and he's if if he's going to be a player in the National Hockey League, it's going to be a defensive guy, more of a shutdown guy and that's what they need right now. They just need it's the old saying, if if we don't notice Jacob Bernard Docker tonight, if we don't notice him it's going to mean he's played a pretty good game. That's the type of player uh, that uh, JBD is going to be. Just steady Eddie, go out there. And uh, in time, I think this guy is going to be a, a guy that uh, he's going to be like one of those guys that coaches just put out there, kind of like a zoo. You, like, you put a zoo out there because when he's out there, you just trust him. And, and right now, that's pretty tough to find with with what's going on with some of these glaring mistakes. So I think with Docker, he has got a golden opportunity uh, to go out there and and hopefully stay here for a long time for his for his sake. Okay, so who wins tonight? Big game for both teams. Vancouver is trying desperately to to figure itself out. So uh, who do you pick? Okay, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. Canucks are coming in. Wally, they didn't play. They're not playing back to backs, right? I don't believe so. No. Okay, it's not a back-to-back. You're still traveling. I, with the Senators, it's an important game, home game. They've lost five in a row. I think they're going to get a good effort from Cam Talbot tonight. I, he's starting the game. I'm going to say the Senators win this game. I get the empty netter. I think they win this game 4-2. Interesting. Okay, so does Alex Dabrinkit get a goal? I think Alex Dabrinkit's going to make me look like an idiot and probably score two, <laughs> goals, two goals tonight. Because <laughs> hey, this guy's a he's a really good player, and people are going to say, "Ah, Jason York said Alex Dabrinkit was a bad trade." That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for the makeup of this team, he'd be a great player on a ton of teams. If you want him to score 40 goals, he has to play your first power play, and he's got to be on there for about a minute and 20, a minute and 30. He's the type of guy with, when you give him time and space, he makes a lot of outstanding plays out there. He's a small guy, but he's fast, he's smart. And I think he's gonna, I think DeBrinkett's gonna have a, I think he's gonna have a good game tonight. The law of averages, some of those shots that he's just missing on, they're eventually gonna go in for him. I think tonight a couple of those go in. Yep. I think he gets, I think two goals tonight for DeBrinkett make me look like an idiot and they win 4-2. Uh, Vancouver just starting a five-game road trip. They'll play tomorrow night in Montreal. So we'll see how this plays out for uh, a very pivotal part for their season, I would think, at five games on the road. Uh, Yorkie, I appreciate you stopping by. As always, a uh, great chat with Chris Phillips and Wade Redden as part of Alfie Week continues. Are we able to say who the next guest is for Alfie Week? 
It's going to be a big one. Uh, had to work hard for this one. He's got a he's got a book out right now, and we're going to go across the seas all the way to Bratislava, Slovakia. Marian Hosa is going to be our next guest. Hall of Famer. Uh, another Hall of Famer, which kind of ties in nicely with Alfie Week. You'll talk about his induction, but uh, a lot of people know Marion Hosa. He, he's a guy that Ottawa Senators fans they love. This guy, such a such a great player, Wally. And we lived beside each other back when Haas used to play here in Ottawa, and uh, used to have him and his mom over for dinner. He is such a good, good person. Not only a great player, but one of the best guys in the game. And uh, I'm really excited to get Haas on with us. Undercover sense of humor as well, uh, Wally. Funny guy. Yes. And hopefully we can prod Haas for a few good stories and uh, talk about his book as well as Daniel Alfredson. I do have one story that I will share about the night uh, my now wife picked us up from the Bulldog Bar with Martin Havlat <laughs> in the car. Um, I will uh, I will tell that story. Anyway, nice. Uh, until nice. then, we'll see. Uh, say I'll see you Thursday, I guess, for the next show. Have a good one, Wally. Perfect, Yorkie. See you, pal. That's the uh, coming in hot. Brought to you by Renfrew Pro Tape. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you.